Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker Betting Show. This is your racing weekend preview. I'm your host, George Ellick, and it's just the two of us today as I'm joined by Andy Holding as we look ahead to racing across Europe. Ryder Cup weekend, Andy, so it's only right that we're going continental. Uh, we're going to look at Newmarket on Saturday and then we're going to go over to Longchamp, of course, on Arc Day on Sunday. Um, so plenty to, to get stuck into. Uh, but Andy, before we do, how are you? Okay. Yeah, looking forward to this weekend. There's no doubt you are, and all racing mm. and uh, sporting fans in general. Um, with the Ryder Cup being on, I'm sure you've set your alarm, George, for Friday morning and getting up with a lark. And uh, I don't have to set an alarm. Hours. I have a ten-month-old daughter, so I have an uh, alarm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, know the, I know the feeling. Yeah, ready to go. But I think given I think the first tee shot on Friday is at six thirty-five, so I think it probably is a case of like getting down there 10 minutes early, getting the coffee on and making sure that, because, you know, I think that first hour is unmissable sport. But this is plenty of unmissable sport across racing this weekend. Um, on Sunday, I'm at my wife's family's kind of gathering where there isn't a single golf fan or racing fan who's going to be there. So how I'm going to get away with watching 12 singles matches of golf and the incredible card at Longchamp. I'm not entirely sure, but we'll, we'll we'll work that out and we'll catch up next week and see how I managed it. Um, let's start with uh, the racing on uh, Saturday at Newmarket. Um, of course, as ever, we'll be talking through the Odds Checker grid. So make sure you do download the Odds Checker app where you can find the best prices, bookie offers, free bets, uh, place terms and Andy's tips straight to the app every single morning of racing. Uh, but the Royal Lodge is the opener. Um, so we're going to go through the the, the four, um, well, the three group races, greater races and the, the the Cambridgeshire as well, which are the four first races on the card. We're recording this a bit earlier than usual. We're recording it um, at kind of quarter to six because we have some plans, uh, personal plans on, on Thursday. So this is being recorded on Wednesday evening. So before final decks, we have a pretty good idea of who's going to be going. But, you know, it comes with a caveat that some of these may come out. Um, but by the time this is released, we will have, a, uh, you know, the knowledge, I guess, of the the draw and the decks as well. Uh, but Capula is the three to one favourite at this current stage in the Royal Lodge. Uh, Ablan is eleven to two. Uh, Al Musmak is six to one. Los Angeles six to one. Seven to one. Ghostwriter, Arabic Legend, and Macduff both ten to one. Sixteen to one. Bar those. Andy. Yeah, uh, cracking start to proceedings. Um, first thing we should say is weather conditions. Um, we're going to be covering Longchamp as well in this uh, podcast, so we'll definitely get a, a weather update of what it's likely to be over in Paris. Uh, fairly, um, odd, like unseasonably uh, autumnal with the, with the weather where they're supposed to be getting there. Uh, looking at Newmarket, it's good to firm already, and uh, even though we've had a little bit of a, a storm coming through, it's basically touched the west side and not going up towards Scotland and out, and then it's looking like being fairly favourable for the weekend. So. I don't think it's going to get much softer than what it is at the moment, good to firm. Mm. Uh, with that in mind, um, you probably might want to be up with the speed here at Newmarket because that seems to be the tail of the tape over the last uh, couple of years, particularly this time of year, especially if you get a tailwind as well. I, I quite like Ghostwriter in this. I'll cut straight to the chase. Um, he was uh, pretty good on debut at Newmarket on the July course uh, early on in the summer. And then he was up to in grade. Uh, carrying a penalty uh, in a novice event at Ascot the other day. And once again, he jumped out to make all the running and he fended off um, a decent field. It was a good gap back to the third. Um, the second made him sort of work a little bit harder than anticipated, but the time figure was really favourable. He actually comes out really favourably on our numbers. He's actually top rated based on that Ascot time figure. Um, and Clive Cox has done quite well with his TLs this season. Jasser, of course, winner of the July 
stakes at um, at uh, Newmarket itself uh, back in the middle of summer. So he's he's got a decent bunch of two-year-olds, but this fella is tailor-made for this track. Oh yeah, jumping off in front, he stretches out really well. He's got a lovely long stride on him. Um, so I think that'll take a good horse to go by him. Um, Ablan's obviously another one to mention. He he, he won well last time out at Sandown, winning a group three, the Salaria Stakes. And of course, Capulet represents that Irish form line uh, re revolving around Diego Velasquez. That form is not to be sniffed at, but um, about, about eight to one, Ghost Writer. I think he can end up being the value in the, uh, the opener on Saturday. Seven to one, I'm afraid, Andy. That is yeah, with Coral. Um, a bit of blue around. I think they've been, been backed all day. Uh, short as five to one with Unibet. So you're not the only one that's seen Ghost Writer and, um, and thought um, you know, the price looked too big in the Royal Lodge. Uh, onto the Cheveley Park now. And Relief Rally is the seven to four favourite. Um, that is standout with Skybet. Uh, Jasna Secret over from France is the five to one second favourite. Uh, Soprano eleven to two. Porta Fortuna seven to one. Fourteen to one. Persian Dreamer. Cherry Blossom. Sacred Angel uh, sixteen to one. Juniper Berries twenty to one. Uh, bar those. Andy, how do you see this? Well, I think we've got the right favourite. Yeah, there's no doubt that Relief Rally's been the best filly so far uh, this season. Over five straight six fillies. She should really be unbeaten. She? She's just got nutted mm. uh, by a Crimson Advocate in the Queen Mary, whereas she was in front of the stride before and after the line. Um, but she's gained compensation pretty healthily since, won a big sales race at Newbury, showing a really good turn of foot to win that day over five. Upped in trip for the Lowther in a group two last time out. And again, the, the, a good collection of um, the best home um, contingent and, and the best in Ireland as well with Cherry Blossom. The form's already worked out really well. Dorothy Lawrence, who was uh, fourth, went on to finish second uh, in the Dick Pool. Behind Juniper Berries at um, at uh, Salisbury, and of course Florida, Flora Bermuda, who was last of the eight, ran really well at Doncaster next time out. So it's, it, it is the best form, and um, provided she gets a good draw on the day, she's definitely the one to be. But talking to the Dick Pool, I don't know if you remember seeing that race, but Soprano was massively unlucky not to win that. She completely mistimed the start. She fly leapt out the stalls, lost any chance of really technically being involved. I was astonished that she managed to finish third. Her back-end work from two out was quite incredible. Um, and I don't think there's more to come from this filly. In fact, I think she's got better as the year's gone on, even though she hasn't won since on her debut. Her debut actually took place here uh, over this course, uh, over five furlongs uh, back in, I think it was May or April. Uh, she ran really well in the Albany, uh, beyond Porta Fortuna. She was doing her best work at the finish again on that occasion. They've decided to come here rather than running the Rockfell over seven, which I think is the right thing to do because it's a more prestigious race. Uh, and Ryan Moore's been booked for, to ride. So if she comes out on uh, other stores on terms, it's hard, given her track form and her profile, to see her not finishing the first three. So I'm going to offer up Soprano each way at five to one rather than go down the favourite route with that relief rally. But I think it's between those two. Have you seen much of the uh, of the unbeaten French horse, Jazz and Secret? I've got to be absolutely honest with you. No, I haven't. And I should have checked out her form uh, yeah. and what, what she actually did in France to get a kind of like grip and a handle on uh, what she's achieved in, in comparison to the UK horses. The problem is that none of the horses that she's beaten have been UK or Irish based. Yeah. The two races she's won in France, there hasn't been any UK or Irish representation. So it is a very difficult um, kind of like angle to, to line her up with, with what we've got over here. But I, I do think we've got a decent bunch of um, two year old fillies over here this year, Relief Rally and, and Soprano representing the best form lines. 
Yeah, indeed. Soprano, yeah, 11 to 2. You're getting a bit bigger than the fives. That's with uh, Bet UK uh, Soprano each way um, there in the Cheveley Park. On to the middle part now, and River Tiber is the 9 to 4 favourite ahead of, I oh, know, joint favourites we've got River Tiber and Van Dijk, both 9 to 4. Task Force is 8 to 1. Jasur, 8 to 1 as well. Uh, Lake Forest, 12 to 1. Elite Status, 16. Starlust, 16. 25 to 1 bar. Yeah, the, the, the only issue that you'd have really, if there is one, with Van Dijk would be the ground. He won on good to soft ground first time on at Nottingham, then he won on soft ground at Goodwood, and then they took him to the Mornay last time out, Group 1 over in France, again on very soft ground, and he beat um, River Tiber at Fair and Square. Now, this will be the first time that he's going to be running on genuine quick service. He has a ton of class, and he's got such a high cruising speed. I don't really see it being a major issue. But if he is going to get beat, it'll be down to maybe the changing conditions. And it might bring other horses into play that you necessarily wouldn't want soft ground mm. like he does. So you'd certainly, if you're a fan, fancier or a fan of River Tiber, be hanging your hat on the, on the, on the ground being quicker uh, on this occasion than it was in France. Because, as I said, uh, Deauville got beaten fair and square on the day. And, of course, River Tiber's already proven on fast ground three times over, winning, winning the Coventry Stakes uh, prior to that. So... It, it's a difficult matchup between the two. I personally like Van Dijk. I've always been a big fan of him. I backed him when he won the Mornay, and um, you know you had to be taken by the way he got that job done. So I, I'd like to think he'd be able to uphold the form over River Tiber. I do think Lake Forest is worth uh, more than a second look. He was really disappointed when he got beat uh, two runs ago. Uh, the connections were absolutely mortified that day when he, he finished flat, uh, fourth of seven uh, when he was a three-to-one on shot. But they obviously got to the bottom of him because he was good enough to go on to win the gym crack at um, York next mm. time out. He did it in a very fast time, beating Johan Brahms, who was subsequently won, run well, uh, well the next time out. Uh, and he showed a really good turn of foot that day. He did the quickest section up from three out. So I do think 12 to 1 is massively overpriced for Lake Forest. I think he's hugely underestimated. So 12 to 1, um, again, I'm, I'm going to be looking for a little bit of value here um, away from the front end of the market, of which I think Van Dijk dominates and he's the uh, right favourite. Yeah, Van Dijk of the two, you're, you're getting bookies disagreeing about the the, the, the two favourites there um, with River Tiber 7-4 with Skybet Paddies, Betfair Sportsbook, Van Dijk 7-4 with Hills uh, Unibet. But if you shop around on the grids, you can see plenty of firms going 9-4 about both. But Lake Forest, the selection there for Andy, 12-1 uh, pretty much across the board with all major firms on the odds checker grid. So Lake Forest, uh, the one to take out uh, ahead of the middle park. Um, the final race we're going to preview at Newmarket before we cross the channel is the Cambridgeshire, the big handicap. Um, again, you know, we're going to, this will obviously cut up a fair bit um, tomorrow, but I think we can be fairly sure that, um, you know, the market principles should be going. Uh, Greek order is nine to two uh, and his favourite. Uh, dual identity, 10 to one. Oviedo, 12 to one. Liberty Lane, 16. Saga, 16. Astro King, 16s. 20 to one. Merlin the Wizard and Bo Pedro. Loads of horses, 25 to one. Uh, Tawada, Johan, Tyrrhenian Sea, uh, Haunted Dream and others. Um, Andy, who are your, you know, your one or two against the field, I guess, for the, for the Cambridgeshire? Yeah, yeah, just one against the feel for me here. I, I don't normally go down this route, George. I, I, I always tend to look for bigger prices. You're putting up the fav. Pardon? You're putting up the fav. I am, yeah. I think this is a really good horse, George. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, when that, that phrase, group horse in a handicap is banded around, it, it, it tends to be a little bit uh, ten a penny, and um, it, it's a phrase that is um, used kind of like a little bit 
too often and, and not sparingly enough because um, it doesn't often uh, ring true. But the two horses that I think had a similar profile to this horse when they came into the Cambridge made a mockery of their handicap mark. They were Wissa Hicken that um, John Gosden trained uh, mm. many years ago. And also John Gosden trained Lord North who absolutely made a mockery of his mark um, before going on to be a group, genuine Group 1 horse. I'm not saying Greg Order is going to be a Group 1 horse, but he's definitely going to be running in Patton Company sooner rather than later. That performance of his at um, Newbury was uh, visually spectacular. He was uh, held up at the back door, ridden very confidently in a, in a well-run race. And then when he asked him to quicken, boy, oh boy, did this horse really engage and uh, literally take off inside the last two furlongs. He won in the style of a, of a very, very smart horse. Um, the horse that he beat that day, Maximilian Caesar, uh, went on to boost the form, didn't he, at Doncaster, if you recall. Mm. So we've already had an endorsement off the second who got well and truly put in his place. This horse hit the line very strong. He's been given a mark or raised to a mark of 95. I don't think this is anywhere near uh, catching up with this horse. I think he's at least 105, 110. If he does get beat on Saturday, it will be down to the draw, i.e. if he's drawn on the wrong side, he's he, he doesn't follow the right pace through and he ends up perhaps beating his group but not beating the group that ends up having the pace or stronger gallop around them. Uh, but if he is drawn on the right side and he follows the right horses through, I think he'll win because there just doesn't appear to be too many other horses in this race that are potentially as well treated as him. I mean, you've got the likes of Dual Identity, Alviedo, Astro King. We all know where we stand with those horses. I'm a big fan of Dual Identity, who should have won this race last year, but he got drawn on the wrong side. But, you know, he's rated the same as Greek Order, but you tell you, I can't, I can't have it that these two are the same horse based on the ratings. I mean, Greek Order mm. would beat Dual Identity in a, in, a, in a match race nine times out of, well, ten times out of ten. Um, so, like I said, it's a complicated race. You're going to get 33 runners, stretch right across the track, um, and you think taking four to one about a horse in a race like that is absolutely crazy, but um, that actually might not be the worst option um, come sort of 4.50 um, on Saturday. I say 4.50 because it usually takes them about five minutes to load them all up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's never, the Cambridge and the, and the Cesar, which are renowned for never being off on time. Um, so, um, yeah, that, that's probably the, the, the strongest bet of the, of the Cambridge. But the second strongest is Greek Order. I think I'll win it. Oh, Andy, I don't think you can um, take be a high horse about being on time after today, but the, the, the audience don't know about that. Uh, Creek Order, 9-2 to two favourite in the Cambridgeshire, um, with Bet365, who are currently five places, and Skybet, who are four. Um, yeah, there'll be plenty of places out uh, on the day as well, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, over to Longchamp we go, and we are going to focus on Sunday, but because there is a, you know, a very um, British feel to the Prix de Cadre, and we'll have a quick look at that on Saturday, with Trushan um, having... You know, I, Andy, you said when we when we did the preview a couple of weeks ago that you know maybe we'd seen the best of Trushan and Trushan's days were were not over, but 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 numbered in terms of being at the top level. Um, but produced a scintillating display as 11 to 10 uh, to do the same here ahead of Emily Dickinson, who's nine to four. Run for Oscar eight to one, uh, Scazino 12 to one, um, 25 to one, Moonwolf and Ver Liberté. Yeah, I mean we we've always been. Fully paid up members of the Trojan Fan Club, haven't we, George? Mm. He's probably one of the horses that we've talked about the most over the years uh, since we've been doing these. Uh, most of the time, as a, as a non-runner, we've always had to um, uh, put the caveat in. Yeah, to, yeah so that uh, if he runs and if the ground changes and if the, if it's soft ground, then he's got a chance. 
Um, but as we saw Doncaster last night, there's still fire rages in his belly when it, it looked as though perhaps he might be, you know, going out like a bit of a damp squib. Mm. Uh, you know, his two runs prior to that weren't anywhere near the level that he's normally capable of. Uh, but he had a little bit of wind surgery, didn't he, uh, going into Doncaster. I think that helped him. Uh, I mean, he did really well to win, considering how hard he pulled in the early part of the race. I think Alan King was documented afterwards. He was tearing his hair out um, and, and fearing the worst. But um, such is the horse's quality and willing to battle. He managed to uh, offset that um, negative. And in the end, win quite easily. Beating Sweet William had run well in the Ebor. And more importantly, his old foe, foe um, Coltrane, who uncharacteristically ran a, a poor race on town more for one reason or another. But it means this horse comes here on a crest of a wave, and more importantly, fresh as well. He won this race two years ago, back in 2021, if you call, when the ground was soft. And that is very much the key to him. I'm actually quite surprised that he's the price he is. I mean, look at the field. You think, well, Emily Dickinson, you know, she's a commendable horse, but is she good enough to be a, a top-class true Chan on his day? He'd run for Oscar. He'd, he'd need the ground to dry out really significantly. They're currently calling it soft over in France. I know the forecast is favourable, but I still think there'll be an, a sufficient enough ease in the ground for Churishan to be at his best and not for run for Oscar not to be his be at his best. And the other three French horses, well, uh, you know, the French stayers for the last sort of decade haven't been anywhere near good enough. I think, I think the English and the Irish take this race virtually every year, don't they? Mm. Um, with, without fail. So uh, I don't see that trend being booked either here. So I actually think 11 to 10 for Trushan, providing it's going to be on the soft side come Saturday, um, is, is not a bad price. Trishan 11 to 10 uh, with Skybet, Hills, Betfred, Quinbet, Betway and Bet Goodwin. So a few firms there, 11 to 10 uh, about Trushan. And now time to look at Sunday's racing at Longchamp and we're going to kick off with the arc. It is, of course, arc day and Ace Impact is the 7-2 to two favourite for the arc this time around at the time of recording. Hukum, uh, long been a friend of, of the pod and a, a horse he put up a few times, Andy, now 9-2, to two, second favourite for the arc. Who'd have thought that, uh, I guess, 18 or so months ago? Continuous 13-2, to two, Westover 7-1, to one, Feed the Flame 10-1, to one, Bay Bridge 14-1, to one, Fantastic Moon 14-1. to one. Through seven C sixteen to one twenty to one bar those I mean the big caveat obviously when you know looking at this and doing an arc preview is that we don't we don't know the draw and the draw is, is significant but looking at the market as it is now Andy who seems like value to you the two value bets in the race are definitely Westover and Bay Bridge um, I did a anti post piece or I'll check on. Uh, I think it was Monday or maybe Tuesday, uh, just like a preliminary look without sort of going overboard because, as I said, you can't uh, make a too hard and fast judgment until you've seen the draw. I mean, if you're drawn 15 to 15, for instance, then, you know, you wouldn't really necessarily want the bet, particularly at the prices we're going to be talking about now. Ostensibly, you want to be looking at a draw between one and seven. Uh, I think last year's winner, Alpinista, was drawn seven if, off, off memory. Most of the winners tend to come from in and around that position. Uh, so a lot of this is all supposition until we see, see see the draw. But I think there's a couple of stats out there which suggest that maybe uh, our ace impact, and, and particularly uh, continuous, might not necessarily be the, the sort of supposed um, uh, good things that they are. I mean, ace impact has just been hugely impressive. Everything about his work has looked freakish, to be honest. But he hasn't won over a mile and a half. I think you've got to go back to 1990 to find the last horse that ever won an arc not running over a mile and a half. I mean, he looks mm. as though he'll get it. He threatens to do so, but until they do it, then um, there's always a element amount of guesswork. And three-year-old Colts have also got a, quite a poor record in this race, plus the fact that St. Ledger winners don't often double up. So 
I'd be looking to get against continuous big time. I think of the three-year-old Colts, he's the most likely to struggle, given that the ground's going to dry out significantly. And I think it'll play into the hands of the older horses with a good turn of foot and proper mile and a half form. Um, he looks like a mile six horse. Westover just didn't handle the ground in this race last year, getting onto him. Um, the ground was heavy. He handles cutting the ground, but not heavy ground. I thought, you know, he ran as well as could be expected, finishing sixth to Alpinist. It was a perfectly respectable run in a good arc last year. But his body of work since then has been amazing. Second to Equinox in that unbelievably good group one uh, out in the desert. Um, you know, second in the King George to Hookham. Uh, he's just a, an ultimate professional. Always runs his race. Uh, you know, he won a group one in St. Cloud two runs ago. And of course, the Beckett team have just been in a spectacular form all the way through the season. I haven't been a month all week really gone by when the yard has dipped in form. So he ticks a lot of boxes there. So I do think Westover at seven to one is overpriced. And the other one I mentioned is Bay Bridge, who I think finally connections worked out that this was once a mile and a half. He's been doing well over a mile and a quarter because he won the champion stakes on Quick Co Champions Day last year over a mile and a quarter. To say he's not a mile and a quarter horse would be folly, but I was really impressed with him when he when he stepped up two furlongs last night at Kempton. He clocked a massive figure in the same race that Enable won for She Came On uh, to win at the Arc de Triomphe uh, 2021. So um, uh, I do think that Baybridge again, he's another one that's overpriced. So the way I'm going to play this, providing they're drawn well on the day, would be Westover and Baybridge at their respective prices. Baybridge fourteen to one. That's with William Hill and Coral. Uh, Westover seven to one. That is with Skybet and Ladbrokes. They are the the, the two the place you can back. And these two selection in the twenty twenty three Prix de la Triomphe uh, on Sunday. Uh, the quality racing, of course, follows uh, the arc. We've got three more races we're going to cover here: the Prix de l'Opera, la Prix de la Forêt, and the Prix de la Bay. Uh, Blue Rose 10 is the 2 to 1 favourite in the Prix de l'Opera. Uh, Jana Rose 13 to 2. Jackie O 7 to 1. Lumiere Rock uh, 15 to 2. Al Houston 8 to 1. Rogue Millennium 10 to 1. 16 to 1. Bar, Andy. Yeah, I, I like the form line between um, Jana Rose and Lumiere Rock. Uh, Jana Rose just got the better of uh, Joseph O'Brien's horse at uh, Deauville two runs ago. Lumiere Rock has gone on to win um, a very good race over in Ireland next time. I mean, Lumiere Rock's just such a tough mare. and Billy, I, I absolutely love her. I think she's just almost certain to run a race. So anything each way about Lumiere Rock, I don't think you go a million miles wrong. Again, providing she's drawn nicely on the day. I certainly respect Jonna Rose, who has got some really good form um, on home soil. Um, she ran poorly two runs ago. Um, that's a running real blob on, the da- on a dance car, beyond Blue CM Rose. Uh, for some reason, she just didn't really turn up that day. Maybe it was Shanti. Maybe she just didn't act at that particular trap. But at Longchamp, mm. she's got a really good record, which I think is key. Um, but yeah, those would be the two I concentrate on. But at the price is Lumiere Rock. She, she's done me a few services on my on my column uh, so far this season, and I'd probably look to um, stick with her until proven otherwise. Keep the faith for Lumiere Rock and Joseph faith. O'Brien. Uh, yeah, fifteen to two best price. That's for Beth three six five. Pretty much seven to one across the board uh, elsewhere. Um, in the Prix de la Forêt, Kinross is the even money favourite ahead of Sauterne at five to one. King Gold ten to one. Fang ten to one. Cache uh, twelve to one. Honey Girl sixteen to one. Twenty to one bar. Yeah, Kim Ross, I mean, what can you say about him? He's just deadly over seven films, isn't he? He won this race very easily last year. 
Um, he comes in here in rattling good form. He's finally worked his way to fitness, hasn't he? You know, he ran in the July Cup when he ran well on ground that didn't suit him, finishing third that day. But since then, he's gone from strength to strength. Um, of course, winning at York last time out. And so he comes here in in a fever pitch, really, doesn't he? Um, he's going to get his ground come Sunday, you'd imagine, i.e. a little bit of ease in it. I don't think it's going to be very soft or souple, as they say, in, in France. Um, I think it'll probably be just on the easy side of good, looking at the weather forecast. Like I said, we, we haven't really sort of pressed home what conditions are likely to be, but looking at the forecast, I think look at the 25 to 30 degrees come the weekend over in France, which is very uh, unseasonal. Uh, great for the race guys, by the way. If you're if you're a brick going over there, you literally can't believe you look. You certainly won't be packing a mac or a, or a brolly. Um, so yeah, Kinross is definitely the one to be. Uh, I'm not going to put it up because I think you know any any fool could put him up at even money. I do think Saturn is the obvious each way alternative, and that's probably where I'd go if I was looking for an each way bet. I was hugely impressed with her when she won last time out. She had a really good turn of foot. Funnily enough, I did the sort of back end sectionals on on that race. So I was I was just curious to see. What horses were really good on that day? There was Horizon Door who won uh, a mile and a quarter race. And I wanted to see mm. how he fared compared to, to Saturn. And Saturn, who beat Big Brock, who's obviously the, the benchmark to that form, uh, quite readily. Uh, Saturn actually clocked a really good sectional from, th from three out where I was doing them. So I have got a little bit of uh, added knowledge on Saturn when normally I wouldn't have done. So I would suggest to all UK punters that you respect her... Um, uh, with or don't respect her at your peril, so I'd go with her each way at five to one rather than back Kinross at even money, even though he's the one to beat. So turn five to one pretty much across the grid, um, there for Andy each way against Kinross. Andy, do, do you know what her turn is? Uh, no, it's a it's like a sweet pudding wine from France. Okay, I mean that means you might have dabbled in that, or your French A level is just still. No, it, I've, I've, <laughs> it definitely wasn't taught in French A level. Uh, I didn't do French A level, but I've 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 drunk it before, and um, yeah, it's nice. yeah, it's all right. It's not too bad to be fair. If you if you're out for a bit of sweet wine with your with your pudding, um, I can recommend it. So hopefully, maybe yeah, if exactly. maybe if so turn wins, Andy, you can buy yourself a nice bottle. You have a bottle of that in your um, drinks cabinet. There's nothing. There's none of my drinks cabinet. No, my drinks cabinet at the moment is is empty. Sadly, we're just moving house. Um, uh, so maybe maybe I'll invest in some soda. I don't think I'd really drink it. Unless well, if, anyone, if anyone's me. if anyone's listening, that's a that knows you well. That's that's your Christmas present sorted. Perfect. You, I think, I think there are other things I'd prefer. Get a, bottle, a dozen bottles of Saturn. I think I'd prefer to have non-sweet wine. If if anyone's going to buy me any wine, just get me a nice bottle of claret. Would be would be perfect. Oh, um, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, final race we're going to preview here is the Prix de l'Abbé Highfield Princess is the 130 favourite um, with Coeur de Pierre um, is 8 to 1 Go Atletico is 10 to 1 as is Moss Tucker um, and Rogue Lightning 12 to 1 Art Power 16s Get Ahead 16s Equality 16s um, and plenty more you know this is cut up a fair bit um, but at the top of market Highfield Princess another horse we've spoken about a lot over the course of the year um, the short five to two elsewhere, but 130 stand out with Hills, Andy. Yeah, I mean, this division has just been um, basically up for grabs and wide open all season. You get one horse beating another, beating another. You know, Highfield Princess, you know, she's contrived to, to get beat at short price favourites on the last two runs. So she's probably not the filly that everyone's sort of made her out to be, uh, even though she's hugely uh, likeable and commendable. This race is just a funny race year in, year out, because you often get funny results in it. Mm. 
the draw of all the races here, and I'm going to stress this, all the races run at Longsham over that weekend. This is the biggest draw bias of the entire weekend. Don't back a double-figure stall position draw here. You will lose your money. I guarantee you that. You've got to be drawn between one and seven. Um, unfortunately, we don't obviously not know the draw. Whatever I say here might mean absolutely nothing, but providing that Moss Tucker doesn't get a really stinky draw, which he did last year, I think he's going to go very close to winning this. Ken Condon has done almost miracles with this horse. Um, he's worked his way through the ranks on handicaps. He's now dining at the very top table, deservedly so. Um, I, he's not just good on home soil as well. I mean, when he won at the Curly of the day, he beat the best around, you know. Um, Highfield Princess was even money favourite. Art Power was four for four at the track. And he absolutely bolted up. He always could be nominated the winner from a long way out. And it's not for the first time he's punted all his weight. He would have won this race last year standing on his head had he not missed the break and got a bad draw. I think he was drawn 13 of 17 or whatever it was. He completely flopped out the stalls and he ended up finishing fifth. And I remember writing in my notes, I put a big ring around him, <laughs> the Labay 2023. And his campaign couldn't have gone any smoother. He comes here in the form of his life. And as I said, if he gets a good draw on the day, a low figure draw, then he's going to be very, very difficult to beat. So you can either take a chance and attack the 10 to 1, then he gets a good draw and then you're into a good thing, or just wait for the day. And, um, and you know, take slightly short towards knowing that, you know, you have got a really good draw. Um, again, a lot depends on the conditions on the day. If they are very, very soft, I don't think it's going to be. You could certainly give Vadreem a chance. I think Vadreem, when she gets her conditions, i.e. soft or heavy ground, she's absolutely mustard. But I, looking at the weather forecast, I don't think it's going to quite be ideal for Vadreem. Mm -hmm. um, but she would be very tempting if they were to have a, a drop of rain or two. But whatever the conditions are, good Good to firm, good to soft, soft, heavy. Moss Tucker will handle the ground. He just needs a good draw. Moss Tucker, uh, save the best till last. It sounds like keep an eye on that draw. Uh, 10 to 1 best price with Coral, with Betfred, with Betway and with Labrooks. And Vadrim is 50 to 1. Um, so maybe worth chancing uh, with Paddy Power and the Betfair Sportsbook. Um, thank you very much to Andy for sharing his thoughts and tips insight this Wednesday evening ahead of a great weekend's racing at Newmarket and at Longchamp and elsewhere as well. Uh, thank you guys for listening or watching the show. Treat yourself to a nice glass of Sauterne this evening and uh, subscribe to the Odds Checker YouTube channel where you can find plenty more preview content, Racing Weekly every Monday as well. And the guys will be looking back over a brilliant weekend of racing and analysing the arc and plenty of other uh, results over the course of the weekend. So thank you very much for taking the time to listen or to watch this. We'll see you again soon. Enjoy the racing and please ensure that you're gambling responsibly.